Doubtfire. Hello, did you like it, Dave? I did like it. And I, you know what? I knew that was Mrs. Doubtfire. You know what the best line of that whole movie is? It was a drive-by fruiting. Dude, absolutely. <laughs> yes. That was <laughs> awesome. Okay. For those of you that listening, that was 100% not rehearsed. That was just <laughs> me and Dave being on the exact same wavelength. Drive, it was a drive-by fruiting. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to episode 121 of yeah. the Masterclass. Uh, that was a bit of a, an homage to our old show, Dave. It's mm, a trap. It's a trap. Which you can still download and listen to on your podcast player of choice. <laughs> Shameless plug. Shame. Well, I mean, we haven't made a new episode in over a year and a half? A year? Yeah. Something like that? Anyways, that was a show Dave and I used to do where we talked about movies. More importantly, individual characters. So great movie characters and not necessarily great movies. This is true. It was fun. Perhaps we shall bring it back at some point. That Yeah, I, I enjoyed that one. In yeah. fact, there's, I still have moments of, oh, that'd be a good. Well, we, what killed that show, we talked about this last week we off did. the air, but yeah. the movie that killed that show was, uh, Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now. Yeah. And, uh, it was Robert Duvall's character, right? Yeah. He was in the movie for like 12 minutes. Yep. Charlie Don't Surf. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Anyways. He was in like for 12 minutes, but has many quotable lines. Mm-hmm. Of the smell of napalm in the morning. So yeah, and everyone else is like dying around him, and he's just walking around like nothing's happening. <laughs> There's not bombs and mortars and bullets or anything. Anyways, this is not a show about that. No. This is a show about Jesus and the Bible, and currently the Book of Romans. It is. Um, so first of all, I would like to say this: if you are listening to this episode right now, wherever in the world you may be. Thank you very much for giving us your time. Yes. Uh, I was recently looking through some of our uh, statistics as far as like downloads go, which I don't check very often because like that's not really something that motivates us. Like that's not why we do it. I shouldn't say it doesn't motivate us. That's not why we do the show. And uh, recently one of our episodes uh, called the Oprah of good things, just like blew up like crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like 1700 downloads in the last month, which for us is like, Holy cow, we struck oil. <laughs> um, we do not get that many downloads ever. And so looking through the, the statistics and the downloads, I, and I still don't know why I don't know why that episode has gone crazy, but like our last episode has over a hundred downloads, mm-hmm. which again is not normal for us. We're usually at like 30 to 40 per episode. Um, so if you're new to the show, if you just randomly downloaded an episode and you also happen to be listening to this one and yeah, you're, you make it this far. Yeah. (laughs) You've made it this past all the nonsense about, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire, like one, thank you very much. Uh, two, thank you for your time. And three, like, what's up? How are you? I hope you're doing great. Um, that may be weird. I don't know how many podcasters say that sort of stuff, but like we do this for fun. And mm-hmm. the fact that other people, specifically you listening to this right now, have chosen to listen to this episode, that's super cool to us. So thank you for the time and the attention. And um, yeah, I just appreciate it very much. We do. And hope that uh, the time you spend with us does uh, move you closer to God or point you in the direction of God or cause you to contemplate if there is a God 
because it's it's about him, and we just consider ourselves blessed that we get to sit at the microphone and uh, talk about his word and how it impacts our lives and the questions that we have, and um, very much a just a blessing to the two of us, and we're glad to have you along. Absolutely. Now, a uh, quick few pieces of business before we dive into the uh, the actual show. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, there's not going to be ads here. <laughs> we don't do ads on our podcasts. Just for you. Well, I, I, ads are dumb. Um, check the show notes out because we're about to get into our main discussion. So there will be links in the show notes to any uh, passages of scripture that we reference, uh, any movies, any people, like any anything that we talk about of importance that I can link to on the internet will be in the show notes. Also in the show notes will be Dave's Twitter, my Twitter, and our email. So you can get in contact with us if we say anything super awesome or maybe super not awesome <laughs> and you need to set us straight. Also, a link to our Patreon page will be in there. That's why we don't do ads. We think, you know what? We're not going to waste your time with ads, but if you want to throw us a few bucks because you like what we do, we'd give you that option. Don't expect you to, but it's there. So with the business done, what are we reading tonight, man? So we are going to continue in the book of Romans. Well, particularly Romans 4. Because after last week, I read it and was like, oh, we'll be through this real quick. Yeah, Uh, I... I did not see last week's episode happening the way that it turned out. No, we got through like 13 verses. So we got through three verses. Oh, last I'm sorry. Week. Through, through three verses. We thought we were going to have like a 13. 30 minute episode and we spent over an hour discussing the three verses. So that is the wonderful thing about the Bible sometimes. Uh, so we're going to, I'll, uh, I'm going to read the entire uh, piece again, starting in verse 13 of Romans four uh, to the end of the chapter, which I think is verse 25. And uh, we'll begin our discussion at verse 16. So, for the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For it is the adherents of the law who are to be, to be the heirs. Faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the ones who share the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations, and the presence of the God in whom we believe, who gives life to the dead, and calls into existence the things that do not exist. And hope, he believed against hope, that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told. So shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old. <laughs> Little Bible humor there. That's just, I know it was like, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but also for ours. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who is delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. All right. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. 
So it's kind of odd that we're starting with the conclusion. That is why it depends on faith. But mm-hmm. we spent an hour talking about the previous three verses. So if you've not listened to last episode, you should probably go listen to that one first before you do this one. Just so context, you know, makes sense or just keep listening like you do you. That's fine. So it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring. I feel like this is a really important point that he's making right now, Mm -hmm. but for some reason, my brain is like unable to process the reason why. So not to put you on the spot, Dave, but can you help a brother out? I'm not sure that I can help a brother out. Uh, but when I initially looked at this, the, the thing that kind of stood out to me is, I, I'll speak for me personally, is that I often think of two different gods. There's the Old Testament God and there's a New Testament God. Interesting. So not really, it's the same God. But I have this this mental image of God is playing by different rules before Jesus came. There's the law, and then there's Jesus, mm-hmm. and now we are under grace. But when I look at this particular verse right here, it, it, I mean, it is talking about the gospel. It's talking about the good news, and that there's an element of we are dependent on his grace and our faith in him and that. So it says that is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace. Again, I, when I think old Testament, I don't think grace. Now that's just, again, that's just me. I'm not saying that this is necessarily um, what this verse is necessarily about, and, but it continues not only the adherent of the law, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Um, so I guess if I could sum up my ramblings here is God is truly the same. It is the same God. There's not a different God between the Old Testament and New Testament. God didn't play by different rules in the Old Testament than he does in the New Testament before Jesus and after Jesus. I think it was, it was always about faith dependence on him and forgiveness through uh, his grace, because whether it's Jesus or whether it's a sacrifice at the temple, it is ultimately God's grace that we are dependent on and an element of how does, how does our acceptance or um, tangible proof of us living in his grace is our faith. So I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying <laughs> that I have all the answers or, but when I heard this and I read this, that's just what stood out to me is the consistency of God yeah, and our dependence on his grace and it being played out through our faith. So one of the thoughts that I had, and, and I'm going to try and say this as clearly as I can, I don't quite have it locked in up, up upstairs. Um, but it says, uh, that is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring. So it seems like if it didn't depend on grace, then the promise could not rest on grace and it could not be guaranteed to all of his offspring. 
Um, but Jesus, so I guess, I guess, okay, I'm already solving this in my head, I think. <laughs> Jesus fulfilled the law, right? He's the yes. only person in the history of persons that has ever fulfilled the law to, as they say, every, every dot, every comma, every, you know, whatever. But what allows me now in, you know, 2018 in Kansas to be um, in the promise, uh, Mm -hmm. to receive the grace, to receive the mercy, uh, to be guaranteed to be with God is because of the faith that I have in Jesus. So even though Jesus fulfilled the law, it wasn't the only the adherent of the law, him, that got the benefit. It was that benefit was then given to his children or God's children through faith. And so what I find interesting is that God introduces this idea of faith with Abraham then brings the law, then brings Jesus. And that to me, like that faith law, faith business, to me on this side of Jesus makes total sense that the law was there to do nothing but convict. Like I said last episode. Yes. Yeah. It puts the law in this, you know, faith sandwich as well. It'd be a law sandwich. (laughs) Faith is the bread. (laughs) Law is the meat. Um, it really bothers me when people use that one incorrectly. <laughs> no, this the, it's it's not a bread sandwich; it's a ham sandwich because the ham is in the middle. Anyways, ham's gross, but that's just unless it's Thanksgiving and it's good. <laughs> what am I? These, these last two shows, man, I've just been like a pinball machine just everywhere. Anyways, my point is this: God establishes His people through faith, right? Mm-hmm. Then comes the law which was intended to establish God up here, broken people down here. You cannot get to me. Brings Jesus faith again. Mm -hmm. But in that interim, again, like I said last week, we see the Jews take the law as a means to an end in the end being a different end than God imagined. The end was in their mind, salvation through accomplishment. And God was like, eh, eh, that's not right. That's not what I intended here, guys. If you remember Abraham, the father of your entire people group, the, per, you know, the person that you all relate back to, he was chosen by faith. Mm-hmm. And so you almost see Jesus like, yes, he's the second Adam, but he's almost like the second Abraham as well, where he comes and he establishes a new order and a new covenant and a new family all under the umbrella of faith. Once again, completely washing out what was before him, which in this case was the law and the sacrificial system and the temple. And that's why the curtain tore in half. And that's why Jerusalem got sacked in 80, 70 and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so when you think of it, like in these really broad strokes, faith, law, faith, you can kind of, we, we have the benefit of being this side of Jesus, obviously Mm -hmm. we still screw up. There's going to be people in, you know, barring Jesus coming back soon, there's going to be people in a couple hundred years looking back at us and going, how did they get that wrong? What idiots? Because they have context that we don't and they're not in the day-to-day currently that we are, you know? 
Just kind of like we look back at the medieval times like, they didn't even have iPhones. How could they accomplish anything? <laughs> Morons. And build better castles than I can build, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, did that make any sense? Please say yes. I was going to say any sense. Oh, David. <laughs> yes, it made, it did make sense. Sometimes I just like words are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm like, I think this, I think this makes sense, but I'm just, we're just going to keep letting this like, literally there's no filter. So sometimes I just wonder what I just said, hmm. which is terrifying. Cause I'm about to put it on the internet <laughs> for everyone to listen to. That's all right. Because if we got it wrong, you can let us know. I guess, I guess the reason why I got excited about that is because I never really thought about it as that. You know, that sandwich, right? Faith, then the law, then faith. Like it's always just been the law and faith, you know, or the law versus Jesus or the law versus the gospel. These two, you know, titans of the different testaments hitting heads. But it's like, I've forgotten about Abraham and what God established initially with him. And that's obviously really important. Because from Abraham comes the entire Jewish people, God's chosen people. And from them comes Jesus, who then expands God's chosen people to anyone and everyone who would believe. Mm -hmm. So it's like really foolish of me to have never considered Abraham and all of this. And what was unique about him and his relationship with God. And we talked a lot about that last episode. Right, right. But I guess that's why I just like my brain is just like, because it's yeah. I never thought about because it this, this way is before. before technically the. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all the. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they go down to Egypt and then they come back and then a while later they go back down to Egypt, but it's different people and then they're slaves. Got Joseph, a lot of people go and Moses, <laughs> and, you know, you get a really good musical out of it. Yes. Good, a good cartoon movie. Yes. Go, 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 Joseph. You know what they say. Sorry, that's not that uh, musical. Joseph. That's a different musical, but I was in that one in middle school. No, that's not true. I was in Bye Bye Birdie. The one musical. <laughs> but, no. but go, Joseph and the Teller Keller Dreamcoat. Bye, Bye Bye Birdie. They're very similar. Same plot line, just different. No. I don't know. I was not in Joseph. I was in Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> I was, I was like extra number 17. I sat on a bench during two songs. Mm. It was the only benefit that came for me being in that was that we played speed in the back room of the card game. Mm-hmm. We made like WWE style championship belts and I was the heavyweight <laughs> champion of speed in the musical. So. Yeah. Remember when I said my brain is like playing pinball the last few shows? Mm-hmm. I think anytime I'm off topic from now on, you just have the right to smack me <laughs> and I will leave it in unless I say a cuss and then okay. I'll bleep that part because it'll probably be hurt. Cause they strong. No, no, no. So I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent that I think maybe I have shared before, but I'm not a hundred percent on, uh, there is a rich Mullen song. Oh boy. It is called, uh, Actually, I would have said it's called Step by Step, but I actually think it's Sometimes by Step. And there is a line in it. So this is this is one of the songs that 
Are you going to sing it for us? No, I'm not even going to (laughs) try to sing this for you, but I will read this. So this is, this is one of the, this is, uh, when I think about my funeral, one of the things that is consistent for me is having Rich Mullins songs, uh, played at my funeral. Um, his album songs is probably my, like one of my all time favorite. I can listen to over and over again. That's the name of the album. I think, it, I think it's, I think if it I ever is write a song book, or maybe it's song. I was going to say, if I ever write a book, it's going to be called words, words <laughs> song. Uh, but in it, it says, sometimes I think of Abraham, how one star he saw had been lit for me. And I'm not a huge person. Uh, like, I, I do believe that Jesus died for my sins. I sometimes think the gospel becomes way too much about Jesus died for your sins. And he did it for were, me. If you were the only person to have lived on this earth, he still would have died on the cross for you. Which also for an E three easy installments of nine ninety nine, <laughs> which to me again is totally hokey. But I get the concept of Jesus did die for my sins. There is for me this concrete reality of when God showed Abraham the night sky and showed him the stars and was basically like. This is how numerous your descendants will be. Rich Mullins in that song kind of says, you know, one of those stars was, was represents my life and my salvation. And, um, again, not so much me and my salvation, but this, uh, the, the vastness of God and how big God is. And there really is this element of when he is there with Abraham and they're looking at the night sky, it really is everybody that is to come who believes in him. And there is this intimate moment with Abraham, but then there's also just the, we're all sort of represented there. And uh, I think we all have those things that kind of speak to us. And that's one of those for me is one of the songs of just like, yeah, I was kind of represented there and God loves me and he's bigger than time and all that kind of stuff. So, which speaks to verse 17, as it is written, I've made you the father of many nations um, and the presence of the God in whom we, he believed who gives life to dead, gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Again, just an awesome God. Life to the dead creates things from nothing. So I'm being totally serious here. Okay. But like if God had a Twitter bio, it would say, it would be right that I give life to the dead and call into existence. The things that do not exist. Period. I just won the internet right there. Like that is so God. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's an incredible explanation of who he is and what he's about. I call into existence things that do not exist. That is incredible. I would agree. And it's, I mean, it's, I should say it's simple in the sense that like, it's not a complicated sentence, but you're like, you think about it. You're like, holy crap. Like no one else can say that. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) else. Like I call into existence. Things that already exist. Oh, congratulations, pal. Welcome to the club. You remember, you know, 7 billion point five. Oh, I did it again. Oh my God. 
<laughs> I did that last episode too. But it was 7 billion point two, which is not a number. It's not. Uh, no. I mean, technically it is 7 billion point two, but that's not how you anyways. Yes. So is that the, the show title right there? No, God's, it was almost God's Twitter bio. Yeah, that's probably going to be the show title. <laughs> hey, hey, future cam while you're editing, make sure the show title is God's got an awesome Twitter bio. Yes. So then it goes. So now we're going to move on. Yes, please. To Abraham and hope. And he believed in hope. He believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. So again, there's uh, uh, to me, hope equates faith. There's an anticipation of things that we don't know becoming true, uh, becoming a, a reality. Um, again, the many nations. And, and I think the two references are the stars in the sky and the sand on the beach. Yeah. Lots. Lots and lots. So we would never really be able to count those things. Yeah, there was a pun in there about lot, but lot. it's okay. <laughs> the amount of salt in a salt shaker too soon. <laughs> uh, anyways. Okay. Here's another one that like the total tangent is uh, Mel Brooks movie. The history of the world. Part two. <laughs> yeah, of course. Part two. Go on. And there's Lot's wife is a, I, I believe this is in history of the world. Part two where Lot's wife is actually there as a pillar of salt. And he's like, eating something that needs salt and he goes over and takes a pinch off the, <laughs> off her pillar. And oh, I've been so tempted to get a label and put on my salt shaker. Lot's wife. Oh, oh <laughs> give me a little lot's wife right there. A little bit of lot's wife. Yeah. Is, is history of the world part two. Also the one where he comes down from the mountain. As, yes. I bring you the 15, 15 and he drops one of the, one of the uh, tablets. These 10, 10 commandments. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If I can find both those clips on YouTube, they will be in the show notes because they are so stinking funny. Yes. Yes, they're. And, and you know, what's even funny is, uh, I remember as a kid seeing that and thinking, Oh, what if there was 15? What would the other five be? Like I, like I kind of had that theological, yeah, thou shall not be a Yankees fan. Mm, yeah. Preach, brother, preach. No, it's all right. That's fine. Here, it's more like thou shall not be a Raiders fan. That is, mm. that's the part of country we live in. All right. So in hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told. So shall your offspring be. That's where we left off. Uh, oh, and we get to the fun verse. Hmm. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith and he gave glory to God. <coughs> Hagar! <coughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I had something stuck in my throat there. He banged his wife's friend and made a child. At his wife's suggestion. Um, it's his wife's encouragement. It do you see that here, David? I do not. Uh, no unbelief made him waver. He did not weaken in faith, except for when he had an adulterous affair and created a child out of wedlock. I don't know what to do with this. Like, I've been thinking about this since last week. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how Paul can totally gloss over the fact that God told him 
you're going to have a child through Sarah. Just trust me. And then he looked at himself, looked at Sarah and looked at the young Hagar and was like, mm, better chance over here. Giggity, giggity, goo. I got a kid now. Mm-hmm. How does that? He totally, and he doesn't even gloss over it. He says he did not weaken. No unbelief made him waver. Yes, it did. Yeah. He wavered for like a good four or five minutes, probably. <laughs> and then it was over. And bada boom, bada bing. He's got a kid named Ishmael who later on went to fight Moby Dick. <laughs> My name is Ishmael. Thank you. I was hoping you would get that. <laughs> I just like, I don't know what to do with this, Dave. Like, I don't get how these two things work. Mm-hmm. Because this is an issue if well, they and, don't work. And not only that, but Ishmael's like a central figure to Islam. I mean, he like, thank you, like, Abraham. Like, like, we've got the whole history of conflict kind of stems from these two brothers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, boy. <laughs> I'm all for one, or all for one. I'm not a musketeer. Anyways, um, I'm all for believing that the Bible does not contradict itself. This would be example number one against my case that I can think of off the top of my head. There's probably a few others, but like, I genuinely don't know how I can read this and also read the account in Genesis and go, yep, yep. They line up. They make sense. And like, I'm stuck there. Like, I wish I had an answer. I wish I could say, you know, X, Y, Z and everything's happy and there's no issue here, but like this really troubles me Mm. and I, I don't have an answer. That is. Hmm. Cause it's not accurate. Unless, I mean, unless I'm totally screwing this up, like, his faith did waver. Yeah. So did Sarah's. Well, again, he didn't weaken in faith when he considered his own body. Well, no, he didn't do that because he got the job done. Yeah. So Which that's, was as good as dead <laughs> that's since not he was an about issue. 100 years old. And then here's the second part. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. Because he did. And that's why he went to Hagar because she was younger. that's why he went to. And thought, I've got a much better chance of making a child with this woman than I do my own wife. Yeah. Hmm. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back and I'm going to read through uh, the commentary I have on Romans. Uh, it's by Douglas J. Moo. Um, it's part of the New International Commentary in the New Testament, which is one of my favorite commentary series. And I'm going to see what he has to say about this. And if he glosses over it, I'm going to be real upset. Because this is an issue, I think, that needs to be debated. Yeah, because there's... This strikes me as like a funeral version of someone's life, where you forget forget all the bad stuff they did and talk about how great they were and what a great father they were and how much they loved fishing and like leave over the fact that they were like an alcoholic and just don't acknowledge that part. That's what this feels like to well, me. Well, and everybody goes to heaven at a funeral. Everybody's in a better place. So, like, I, I'm not trying to be hostile here. I'm just no. saying, like, this, this throws 
some serious red flags my ways, my ways, my way that I am ill-equipped to handle. And this is, I think, one of the few times in our history on the show where I've been like, here's a problem in the Bible and I have no legitimate answer or reasoning for why it shouldn't be a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't change what I believe. Doesn't, you know, change my, my view of scripture. It just means that this is something I don't understand that I'm going to have to go find research and scholarship on to help me. And that might not provide me a good answer. I don't know. Am I, am I overreacting? No, no, no. So I'm in Genesis 16 and just doing a real quick. Um, so it, it, it looks to me like there's like this 10, like 10 years that go by. So after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. So they conceive, and then there's this moment of Sarai said to Abram, so there's, I mean, she's ticked. May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace, and when she saw that she could conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. <laughs> uh, it makes no sense. Hey, hey, here, have my servant as your wife. Wait, you got her pregnant? I hate you. What did you do? This was so wrong. This whole and then, story and then is she flees. Yeah, with it, and they get caught in the storm. And then the angel mm-hmm. of the Lord, and he's like, we're, you know, I always love it when, like, God or any of his angels are like, where have you come from and where are you going? Like, they don't uh, know. Yeah, don't you know this? And then she's, I'm fleeing from Sarah, Sarai, my mistress. So that's, so I'm, the, one of the things that I'm wondering. Oh, is the name change? Name change. Interesting. If that's the, if that is the detail that gets this whole story off the hook, I'm not going to be thrilled. It would make sense. It would make sense because we're talking, because there's still Abram and Sarai, not Abraham and Sarah. And so if we're considering the name change a uh, a pivotal point in the storyline and in their relationship with God, then yes, this would make sense. Because Abraham didn't make a child with Hagar. Abram did. So technically, yeah, but it still doesn't make me very happy. Because how many people are going to read that and think that, oh, yeah, that whole Hagar thing was fine. Yeah, I think think there's some stuff that goes on here in Genesis 17 with Abram becoming Abraham and his circumcision. Mm. But again, I'm not. No, that's interesting, though, because that's that's the outward sign of an inward change. Oh, man. But 
because there's a whole new conversation in Genesis 17 about a covenant between you and me and your offspring and. Okay. All right. That's I where think, we get the whole eight that, days and being circumcised. and mm-hmm. I think that that lessens my issues with the story, but I wish that Paul would have assumed less knowledge on our part <laughs> when he wrote this. But even in this, so Genesis 17, 17, then Abraham, Abraham fell on his face and laughed. And said to himself, shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Hmm. I don't like it, Dave. Hmm. And there's, you know, kind of this whole, as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father 12 princes, and I will make him into a great nation, but I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. So, anyway. I, in, 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 in one of the things I will continue to um, expound, expound, and what am I looking for? I need more help than that. Mm, I am convinced that and this isn't, I mean, this isn't a stretch, but that God views us way differently than we do. And we would never, we hold each other. We hold others to such a higher standard than we hold ourselves. Uh, yeah. And yep. I'm grateful that in the whole scheme of things, it's God and his grace and how he does things. And that the great men of the Bible who did egregious things when they are talked about in the new Testament and talked about being a great cloud of witnesses that God doesn't seem to, God doesn't bring up people's crap. He doesn't bring it up. And it's whether it's, I mean, cause Moses, had all kinds of junk. King David had all kinds of junk. I mean, these men are, are, are upheld as, you know, witnesses of the faith and, um, there's, there's God math going on. There's God, (laughs) there's, there's something that the way God views all of this, that is different than the way that we view it. And, um, well, there's a reason why he's God and I'm not, I think I've said that before. So, yeah. All right. So that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness, but the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also, it will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead, Jesus, our Lord, and he was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. That seems like a pretty good summary to me. <laughs> I I don't have much to add there at the end. That just hmm. yeah, I I would have to agree. But ours also counted to us, believe in Him, raised from the dead, 
Jesus our Lord. Why? Who? What? It was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Again, which, uh, yeah, the word that stands out to me is it's his grace. It's nothing we can do. Yeah, I'd concede that. All right, well, I think that does it for uh, this episode of the Masterclass. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, before we go, I want to do something that I don't think I've done in probably two years. <laughs> um, I want to ask you, if you've listened this far, chances are that you enjoy the show. And so what I would ask you is that if you are able uh, to go to iTunes and go to our page, the masterclass page and leave a review for the show, be it one star, be it five star or somewhere in between, there's no pressure on you to leave in a dishonest review, but it would be beneficial to us in the sense that it would allow new people that we have not yet reached through, you know, uh, uh, our uh, social media or, you know, um, people stumbling upon the show, word of mouth, word of mouth, et cetera. It would allow new people to find this show. So if you find this show beneficial in any way, and you have the uh, ability to leave a reviews, a review on iTunes for the show, um, we would really, really appreciate it if you would take the five minutes to yes. go do that. Um, like I said, I don't think I've asked this in about two years. Um, I don't plan on asking it every episode, you know, from here to eternity, but it would be super cool if we could get some reviews, some honest, you know, no, no fluff, just real honest reviews uh, on iTunes so that, people who find the show that way would have um, something to, you know, base their judgment of whether or not the show is worth their download or subscription. So anyways, thanks so much for listening again, check the show notes out. You'll have uh, all the links to all the stuff that we talked about uh, Dave's Twitter, my Twitter. If you want to say, Hey, email, if you want something a bit more long form and private, and also a link to our Patreon if you want to uh, join the club of supporters. Yeah. Anything else, Dave? No, I think we're good. I feel like I've been out of breath this entire episode, <laughs> and I don't know why. <laughs> On that note. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we'll be back next time. See you. Bye.